Welcome to the Libre Europe Podcast, the European Liberal Forum Project. We are your hosts, Antonio Nestoras, Leszek Jaszelski, and Ricardo Silvestre. Today we have a special episode as we are getting into the end of the year. I invited Antonio as the Interim Executive Director of Elf Secretariat, and of course Leszek as the other host of this podcast, to get together and have a little conversation about the year that is about to end. Negative things, positive things, the work done by European Liberal Forum, the work that we do here in the podcast, and what 2023 can bring. But before I bring the boys into the conversation, I would like to spend a moment with you, dear listener, to, again, thank you for being on that side of the dial. It is a privilege to do this. It is a privilege to know that you are listening to our conversations. We hope that our conversations are up to the standard that you want to have in a podcast about promoting liberal values and ideas. We'll be here next year. Actually, as you're going to listen in the conversation, we have a bunch of ideas for the podcast, and actually some of them can involve you. So stay with us. It's a privilege to have you on that side. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We will hear ourselves next year and hopefully see ourselves also. But now, with no further ado, I bring you Antonio Nestoras and Leszek Jaszczewski. I'm here with Antonio Nestoras and Leszek Jaszczewski. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you for the invitation. Hi, Ricardo. Good to see you again. Good to be on the other side again. Yes, Leszek. Actually, uh, let's start with you because you had your first year as a podcast host. Antonio's, of course, now as the interim executive director. He's our boss, so we should say nice things about him here <laughs> during the conversation. But tell us, how has the ride been so far? Yeah, it's been quite amazing, to be honest. And thank you, Ricardo, for this opportunity. Thank you, Antonios, for providing this, this platform and for sharing the project that you've been doing with such a success for quite some time. Uh, well, to me, it's an amazing opportunity to, to, to talk to very interesting people. And to be honest, uh, I hope that our listeners also appreciate this opportunity that, that you are giving them. And I'm trying to do my best to ask the well, hopefully intelligent questions, but I'm sure we can do a better job. So I'm very curious what, if people have anything in mind, you know, it would be great to, to have some feedback as well. You've been having very good conversations on your side of the podcast. I've been listening to them attentively and you had some great guests, but we're going to get into that later on because we need to talk about what a busy and eventful year has been for Europe, for European Union, for the promotion of liberal values and ideas something, of course, ELF has a mission to do. So let's start here and let's start with you, Antonio. Uh, tell us some of the most important developments that we had uh, in Europe. Thanks, Ricardo. I mean, I don't have to think very hard about the most important uh, events that happened <laughs> in the continent uh, this last year, because as we entered the year and we thought we were going back to the old normal after COVID, back to the offices, events, trips and and so on. And probably a lot of people thought that nothing could shock us more than being locked at home. The year started with 
a large-scale war on, in the European continent, an invasion in Ukraine by the Putin regime in uh, in Russia. The whole year has been dominated by what is uh, what is going on in uh, in, in in Ukraine, uh, which which is a complete disaster for the for the for the continent. We find ourselves entering possibly. One of the toughest winters since uh, 1945 for the whole uh, for the whole uh, continent, uh, and on top of that, we have an energy crisis, we have a cost of living crisis, and uh, an unprecedented inflation. We haven't seen these numbers for uh, 40, 50 years. It's quite like Europe has been living in a permanent crisis, a permanent state of crisis for the for the uh, past years, past decade starting with uh, the financial crisis, the migration crisis, Brexit, uh, Trump from the other side of the Atlantic, then uh, the pandemic and all the way to to the war and the invasion uh, this year. So it's uh, very difficult to be optimistic, but uh, we have to remain optimistic and we have to uh, try and boost uh, our morale and the morale of the, of the citizens of uh, the continent. But uh, these are events, crises that uh, require our immediate uh, attention, our immediate action uh, from from all sides: policymakers, civil society, uh, think tank, uh, think tanks like the European Liberal Forum, in support of our policymakers. Yes, I was going to go exactly into that, and before I throw to Leszek to give us more, also a perspective from Central Eastern Europe, this means a lot of work for an organization like European Liberal Forum. Tell us, coming out from COVID and all that meant for the work of the organization, and now getting into this multiple crisis, like you were saying, um, what is the focus? Or how, how, let me rephrase that, how can you maintain a focus? How to remain the focus? We, I mean, the, the, the European project is uh, one of the greatest achievements in in this continent it's very it's very simple we have reached this point where we have our we have our differences we have our different cultural backgrounds our here different historical trajectories our preferences and, and and we have reached this point in history where we solve all our problems and we uh, address common challenges by sitting together and uh, finding compromises, discussing, negotiating. This is this is this is something that we have to protect. This is an accomplishment that we have to protect, uh, no matter the challenges ahead, no matter the problems or how serious the problems are. So this is what keeps us going: remembering that we have that we're in this together, and that we have to stay in this uh, together. This is like the idea that is driving all all our work. Uh, and of course, the the, uh, the the second pillar of our work is uh, freedom, liberty. We have to uh, always focus on the fact that uh, liberty for the past, the idea of liberty for the past uh, mm-hmm. decades, if not centuries, has been also a driving force for good in the continent. So not only the idea of European integration, but also the idea of liberty has been tried, has been a Drive uh, a driver for change, a driver for mm-hmm. good, in uh, in the continent, and this is what keeps us going. Throwing to you, Leszek, and we just had here in Lisbon one of the members of the Elf Board, and he went in through a bunch of worries that, for example, Poland has 
with Russia, with Ukraine, with Germany, with energy, with inflation, with environment. So um, I'm sure that you also have a role of things that you saw happening this year. And please share them with us. Right. Thank you. Um, well, I, I can support what Antonio said with regard to, to Russia. It's quite amazing that, uh, well, we almost for, forget about the COVID, which was like the biggest issue for two years. Um, so I won't, I won't repeat how, how important it is for like geostrategic reasons. But I think what, what it means for Europe, right, because we, we have listeners all around Europe, all around the EU, and so you see that you have these challenges which are basically external and internal so I think never before you've seen that idea of Europe, which is a sovereign Europe, a Europe that can be able to respond to the threats coming from the outside, uh, and the Europe that can control its fate. This is what has been the most important lessons of this year. And I mean, the country like Germany, when you see that Germany being uh, dependent energetically on Russia, uh, economically on export to China, and in security terms on on United States now finds itself in a well deep soul searching. You see the Chancellor Scholz making this well a big speech, Zeitenwende um, uh, about uh, the change of course of, of Germany. That would be a really of um, big importance not just for the neighbors, not just for the neighbors of the of, of Germany, but for the for the whole um, European Union. You see that uh, Poland, unfortunately, and, and Hungary are more the part of the problem than part of the solution right now. But I think also this crisis might instigate um, soon the process of, uh, well, I hope restoring rule of law and uh, liberal democracy uh, within Europe. Like elections like uh, in Italy, for example, show that even though if populists win, they are constrained by, by the external factors and they cannot like uh, Meloni, Giorgia Meloni, they, they have to follow uh, the kind of mainstream of European politics. And of course, the migration, I mean, the, the unprecedented migration from, from Ukraine to Europe, uh, to Poland mostly, but also to the other countries, shows that countries which were very resistant to, to the migrations before from the Middle East and North Africa. Now they have to uh, allow migrants from from, from Ukraine to, to their countries. And you also need Europe to be able to challenge that. And lastly, um, so we, we speak about like the, the European sovereignty, but also we should talk about sovereignty in terms of perhaps technological independence, or at least be able, being able to shape the environment within Europe. So I think this um, this um, digital act, uh, all this development that happened this year were extremely important long term for, um, for European Union. So as you see, a lot of challenges, and I think this is an amazing time to be the part of the, uh, of the European Liberal Forum Network to, to, to address those challenges. I'll be very quick, and you already stole uh, one of my arguments, Leszek, and rightly so, uh, which was what we saw in Italy uh, with the, uh, the that unholy alliance, let's call it that way, of extreme parties. And if you think that this could be something from Italy, it isn't. Um, unfortunately, our friends in Spain, Cidadanos, paid the price to uh, have an approachment to an extreme party. We also saw that in Sweden, which is a discussion that we're not going to have now. We may see that in Portugal. We see the growth in Sinn Féin in Ireland. So I think, gentlemen, apart from the war, of course, you also mentioned the other thing that I 
we're really worried about these trends, which is, should we just stick to our liberal values and ideas and policies? Or should we consider to have coalitions to be in governments? And with that, we can also ruin part of what is our main goals and our main uh, substrate as a political thought and political movement. So I'm worried about that. And let's see, as we're getting ready to 2024 European elections, let's hope that we can maintain our strength without having to uh, sell our values. So with that, and now, Alessic, I'll throw it to you. Let's be positive. And Antonio's was saying that we should remain and we need to remain positive. As we get into 2023, hopefully there's the end of the Russian attack with Ukraine with a victory of our friends uh, in Ukraine. Hopefully also a decrease in inflation, easiness of commerce and supply chains. But still, we have problems and those problems, and some of them, you know them very well, Eshek, with, with, and you were just mentioning with Poland, with Hungary, about conditionality mechanisms. So how do we see the project of the European Union going through 2023? Let's start with you, Leszek. Well, I'll be, I'll be very brief. I think one of the well biggest challenges is to combine the internal integrity of European Union, so to make sure that the countries who are within you can make decisions in a well well organized and 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 kind of strategic manner. So I think getting rid of of the veto in uh, in the foreign policy will be extremely important. That's been suggested, uh, and I think there are the very good reasons to 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 actually follow through. Maybe with some conditions for the for the smaller members if they feel threatened, um, and also to keep alive the idea of the well of enlargement of the EU. I think this is like this idea that EU has to be both well integrated, but also reaching to the to the neighborhood, but not just of course in the in the east like Ukraine and Moldova, but also to the Western Balkans, and also not forget about the North Africa and the Middle East, perhaps without the possibility of integration. But so I think this this both external and internal um, idea of the EU can be really pushed forward, especially if at least in one of the countries. I hope that in Poland this change will happen next year. We'll see uh, the progress and and getting rid of of the veto on those issues. So I think if Hungary is isolated, I think pro- European project can really move forward. Antonio, are you closer to Brussels? Uh, some of the things Leszek mentioned. We actually talked about on a podcast many times that you just had very recently. You were at the European Parliament uh, with ELF talking about enlargement, something I know you care about. So please get, get into that. How can we have good governance of the EU as we move to next year? I'm trying to remain on the optimistic uh, path. We see a trend there, buddy. <laughs> yes, but it, which is not the easiest thing to do uh, under the current circumstances. But uh, the thing that I've seen for the past uh, decade and more is that our democracy and our political systems, our liberal democracy and our political systems have been surprisingly resilient with all these crises. This is something that I keep on reminding uh, people. Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, there have been some uh, changes 
and some mild reforms, let's say, in order to be able to, to deal with this internal mostly, but also external authoritarian uh, pressures. So, for example, Lesek also mentioned the uh, example of uh, uh, Hungary, so I'll work with that. We now have, or we will soon have, uh, a lot of conditionality mechanisms in order to avoid any breaches in the rule of law. So the European Union will be able to uh, withhold money, uh, funds, European funds, uh, when there is, there is a breach in the rule of law in a, in a membership country. So uh, this is an additional factor that will create better conditions for the, for the functioning of the European Union. And for safeguarding all these ideas and, and uh, the values that underline the European project. So that is something to be optimistic. And that is also opening up the, the chapter of enlargement, which is, as I always say, not even an enlargement. We're not talking about just adding random members in, the, in our union. We're talking about completing the European project especially when we look at, uh, at the Western uh, Balkans, but also the, the Eastern neighborhood, uh, there, is, there is a hole on the map of the European Union. There's a hole. Mm -hmm. We need to integrate that region in specific. It's part of the project by default. Uh, and that is something that we have to renew going forward in the next uh, year. Our political will and our drive to uh, complete the European uh, project despite all the hardship and all the difficult circumstances at the moment. Maybe these are just wake-up calls for us that we cannot uh, let the European project stagnate. Instead, we need to move uh, forward. And last remark on, on this, which is in a, in a similar vein, we should never also forget that we have to reform the European Union at some point. And I know that when you go through all this crisis, it is difficult to think strategically about the, the future. But in order to overcome challenges and crisis, this is exactly what we have uh, to do. As I always say, if you think about it, the last institutional update of the, uh, of the Union was 2007 the Lisbon Treaty. That's only 15 years ago, but which in the grand scheme of things is nothing. It's 15 years, not, not, not that long of uh, time. But uh, if you think about how much the world has changed since then, it's mm -hmm. a different place because of uh, technology and all those recent geopolitical uh, developments. Right. So we have to deal with the problems at hand that are require immediate action. But at the same time, we cannot lose focus and think more strategically about uh, the future and think how to create a Europe that is more relevant, that has a central stage uh, in the world, that is able to protect uh, uh, its uh, liberal democratic values and let this idea guide us going not only into 2023, but also the rest of the decade. Those are some great points, Antonios. Um, and I'm going to piggyback on what you said 
I was very fortunate to be on the Renew Europe panel discussions in Strasbourg at the European Parliament, part of the Conference on the Future of Europe. And what Leszek was saying and now what you were saying, that was reflected by all the liberals that were invited to be there, which is the need to reform, the need to have a better European Union, more solidarity. And this is my second point. I, I hope with the COVID crisis and the Ukraine crisis that finally the word solidarity and the expression European solidarity starts getting really sipped into the European project. I'm in Portugal, so we are in one of the uh, corners of the European Union, but we need to have the Portuguese helping the Polish, the Polish helping the Italians, the Italians helping the, the Dutch. We need to get out of our tribalism and with energy, with environment, with a political union, with a more developed fiscal union, a more developed economic union, we need to have a more solidary European Union. And it connects to what both of you gentlemen were saying, which is to reform the EU. And one of the reforms has to be this one. We are all in this together. So, for example, Leszek, I was in Łódź in the amazing Freedom Games, and we were having a discussion, how can we help ourselves, particularly, for example, with energy? And Antonio just mentioned that energy is so important for this winter. And not too long ago, our French friends, and you mentioned Germany, a dependent on Russian gas, but our French friends were saying, no, no, we don't need more energy connection between the Iberian Peninsula and the central part of Europe. Yes, we do. <laughs> Finally, that changed a little bit. But I'll, I'll, I'll end here by saying that I hope that reform of the EU, one of them, it's not imposed per se, but it's understood, which is the solidarity between European and particularly in the European Union. Gentlemen, as we move on in the conversation, and now, Antonio, this is a part that we're going to be uh, very uh, self-centered, which is our podcast with, again, Leszek doing an amazing work, uh, helping me co-hosting. It's been a way for ELF to be in a constant conversation with our followers in all the points that we uh, hold dear here in the podcast, but also on the European Liberal Forum. Leszek, I'll throw it to you immediately. Tell us some of the uh, main highlights of your first year as host of the podcast. Well, it's I don't it, you know it's very hard to uh, point fingers to like any particular conversation, but um, I'm happy that in a way I was able to open and close with Ukraine, with Ukrainian to Ukrainian journalists. That was something I I would really remember. These conversations that three days after the war started, and and just recently when I also came back to this uh, how the war started for someone who was there, uh, you know, sitting in the bunker, that's, that gives you some perspective because it's easy to forget that it's happening still for so many moms. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very happy for intellectual conversations I had with people like Thomas Bagger or Timothy Garzanesh. That's been a great lesson for me as well. So I, I'm basically uh, happy to, 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 to learn from those people. I like this more sometimes personal conversations that, that I have also, uh, I reached twice outside Europe. I think sometimes it's good to have a perspective of the outsider um, from India, from Brazil. That's, that's, I think, useful. Maybe not too, too often, but um, so this is, this is what I really appreciate. And I think I would like to, 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 to be focused on some issues that 
we discussed here, like European sovereignty, I think it's very important. I want to talk about the European reform with people who has this idea of strategic Europe. Uh, well, perhaps also throw a book once or twice uh, into the conversation. It's always good to, to talk about good books. So I, I think I want to do it more often uh, because it helps to, to focus on important things. And the authors are also happy to discuss them. Very good. I'm going to pick it up here and then throw it to Antonio. I, I, I keep amazing myself how we are able, and Leszek, I'm sure you agree with me, having the time and the interaction with some of the best minds politically in Europe. Uh, I've been very fortunate to be talking with some of MAPs that are in the center of so, so important things. Like, for example, we're just talking about the Conference on the Future of Europe, where I had MAP Nick LeBurr, an amazing conversation. Uh, something I do care about, which is the future of Ireland, and in particular, the whole Ireland, where we had MEP Barry Andrews talking about how uh, there could be a union or not. For example, I was just in Scotland, where we can have also a union or not. So those are, those are really um, substantial and very structural problems that we have. And as you're saying, Leszek, they're outside the European Union, but they're close enough for us to pay attention. Uh, necessarily have to talk about all the podcasts recorded about Ukraine. You just mentioned that, Leszek. I'll, for example, highlight the conversation with Vlad Gheorghe from Romania, where he presented some very concrete uh, positions that we can take, and actually one of them was just accepted by uh, Alda Party, which is, for example, to have Russian money pay, seized Russian money uh, in the European Union to pay for uh, war reparations. And just to finish also, again, uh, expansion of the European Union. Uh, for example, I had Andrian Lazarus uh, talking about that, also RMAP from Estonia, uh, Jurnas Payet, also with you, Antonio, we had a podcast 114 was you uh, mentioning that. And then, of course, always the focus on liberty and human rights and LGBT rights, where I'll highlight having um, Stephanie Dehose, which is the president of the Belgian Senate on the podcast. That was also an honor for us. Or, for example, recently talking with MEP Svenja Han about the connection between human rights and trade as, for example, the European Union makes trade agreements uh, all around the world. So that will be my highlights. And now, Antonius, do you want to add something here? I really liked the, the series of podcasts that you did with um, some of the authors of our Technopolitics uh, series on digital transformation, digital strategic autonomy, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so on. And uh, overall, uh, as I told you in person, and uh, of course this goes to both hosts, I am uh, sincerely humbled by the level of commitment and consistency that you're using on this uh, for this uh, project. And uh, on behalf of uh, the European Liberal Forum, the Secretariat, and of course, the whole family that is listening to the podcast, uh, and uh, we, we are uh, sincerely grateful. Thank you very much to both. No, you're too kind. Now, just to finish our time together today, um, Leszek, you and I, we've been talking also, what can we do more with the podcast? We had an idea, for example, of doing a live session at the magnificent uh, Freedom Games in Woods, which, which I think it'll be very interesting to do. But uh, tell, tell us, tell our listeners, 2023, uh, what you expect to 
reach with our podcast? Right. So uh, I talk a little bit about uh, issues, but you know, I also like to react somehow to what's what's happening. But definitely, um, definitely, I would like to see kind of like up and coming young, brilliant minds. Sometimes maybe surprising us with um, a little bit, you know, going outside the the, the usual perspectives. I think the, 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 the challenging yourself would be the, the, the my idea, challenging yourself and challenging and challenging also our, our listeners with some um, perhaps out of the box ideas. So I'm looking now for the authors, for the intellectuals, for politicians as well. I would be very happy to perhaps have some uh, political conversations with people who can combine thinking of ideas and of policies at the same time. So I'm very excited and I can't wait for 2023 to actually show up. So thank you. And thank you, Antonio, for this uh, appreciation. It's, you know, it's always nice to be flattered and to hear some good words about your work. But thank you. Thank you, European Liberal Forum, because it's been, well, quite an amazing uh, journey so far for me. Thank you. I'm going to just finish my part, which was one sentence. Uh, if I can convince Antonius, and I know he's receptive to that, it's to have more live podcasting. So what I mean by that, not only this idea that I'm going to propose to Liberté Foundation and Leszek, again, we already talked about this, which is to have a live podcast on Freedom Games, but also having more recordings in person and also trying to get some of our listeners to engage with that. So this is a challenge that I'm going to do to me and to uh, Elf and, of course, Leszek. Hope to see you in which where I think we have a great opportunity to do that for the first time in a very uh, secure and with a lot of quality. But I, I want more interaction. The, this Skype thing is really cool. <laughs> But I, I want to move to a more of a, a connection, uh, that personal connection, that human connection, which makes conversations so much better. So that will be my last word. And Antonios, naturally, please uh, send us off. Yeah, I couldn't agree more uh, with you. We need more uh, live connections uh, inside the family, especially coming out of uh, two very difficult years with the pandemic. And now more than ever, we need to reaffirm that we are together in this, that we are uh, united. And it's a long journey ahead of us. 2023 is going to be, uh, it's not going to be an easy year. And now more than ever, we should rely on our support systems, our families, our friends, our loved ones, uh, in order to, uh, to, to be able to come out of uh, the 2022 more resilient more united more ambitious ready to bring europe and the european liberal forum to the next level and drive our family our liberal family with more innovative and inspiring ideas merry christmas everyone let's keep up the <laughs> festive and the optimistic atmosphere and uh, be inspired together very good. I've been talking with Leszek Jalczewski, Antonius Nestras. I am Ricardo Silvestre. And talk to you, dear listener, very soon. I'm back. Just reminded that you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. And if you feel like it, give us a five-star review. In that way, you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas.
And this is all for now. I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. This podcast is produced by the European Liberal Forum, co-founded by the European Parliament, and have the support of the social liberal movement Think Tank in Portugal and Liberty Foundation in Poland. The views expressed herein are those of the speakers alone, and these views do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum.